Welcome to the Give Yourself the Chat podcast. I'm your host, Peter Lewis, and this is the show dedicated to unlocking human potential and living a life of high performance. So hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Give Yourself the Chat podcast. Um, I'm here with Adam Baird today. It's still lockdown. It's pandemic. It's also one of the hottest days of the year. So um, Adam, how are you? How are you doing? How are you doing, Peter? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good, it's, good. Uh, lo- lovely and warm at the moment. Yeah. It, it is. And I, I guess that couldn't be any more different than the environment that you wish you'd be in um, for the benefit of the listeners. <laughs> yeah. Um, Adam, you're—I mean, wow—you—you—you you, you really are quite the accomplished sportsman. But your your kind of sport of choice that you're you're kind of choosing to excel at is is bobsleigh, which you know for for a Brit you wouldn't necessarily think that's that's you know the the, the obvious choice. You've been involved in powerlifting in the past, and I know you've been a, a British champion at that and record holder. You've got a passion for rugby. You're a passionate Yorkshireman. So what is a yep. <laughs> what 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 is a bobslayer doing lockdown? Tell me about that. <laughs> um, well, train really. Uh, obviously, you can't bobslay. Um, but uh, I uh, I invested in a, a load of gym equipment, so my whole garage at the moment is empty minus all the gym kit that I bought. Uh, I made it like a squat rack out, scaffolding, spray painted it all out. But I've actually got a full functioning gym in my in my garage now. Oh, fantastic. So, and, and is that yeah, because so of lockdown? Have you just managed to just yeah, yeah. figure things? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the military with regards to like gyms and stuff is no different from Civvy Street. You know, we can't, we can't be seen to let people into the gyms. So they close the gyms. So yeah. it's literally, if you've got any gym kit, you know, you've sort of been lucky there. So yeah. I, yeah. I managed to get onto Facebook and go on the marketplace and buy a load of gym kit. Well, well done you, now. because I know gym kit was at a premium. It was it was amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. in lockdown that all of a sudden get tremendous value. You know, there's a yeah, struggle exactly. I had buying a webcam. You wouldn't believe it. You know, it was <laughs> people all of a sudden realize that they need for meetings like this. So uh, um, we, we have a few things in common. Bob Slate's not one of them, but we, we both served in the military. You're still serving in the military. You're, you're yeah. a Royal Marine commando, um, a sergeant, I think is uh, your, your rank, you said. Yeah. Um, and currently based out of uh, Portsmouth there uh, at the sort of headquarters. So you do have a day job, but I guess yeah, yeah. You've, got a pretty, yeah. <laughs> you've got a pretty understanding employer there, which has, I, I'm guessing has been some of the route into bobsleigh. Tell us about that a little bit, Adam. Yeah, so in 2017, I got pestered for the second year in a row um, to come and give bobsleigh a go. And I finally crimped and said, yeah, okay, I'll give it a go. Went to Norway, Lillehammer. Uh, which is one of the Olympic tracks, um, and absolutely loved it. You know, I didn't didn't crash, touch wood, but I got my got my hips banged off a few corners, mm. which uh, which did hurt. And my ass cheek was swollen, but uh, yeah, it is class. It's such a good sport. It's um, it's a bit of a man maker, to be fair. Bit well, what what do you mean by that? Then I, I can guess, but just explain. Let's go a bit deeper on that. A bit of a man maker. What does that mean? Um, well, you've got to be pretty tough. From resilient, you know, yeah. you're getting out the bottom and you're all smashed up, um, bruised. If you crash, you're on your head. You know, you might have some ice burns. Um, just lifting and shifting heavy kit all day long as well. So it's all the uh, the niff nothing trivia. It's not just sliding down a, a, a bobsleigh track. It's um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that you don't necessarily see. Um, you know, a bobsleigh is 176 kilos. Wow. Yeah. You know, so wow. yeah, moving that around all the time is quite quite hard work. 
Yeah. So, I mean, there's a number of things we'll, we'll go into it. There's a technical nature, clearly there's, there's exhilaration that we'll explore. And also, you know, I'd love, I'd love to talk to you about your, your military experience and, and some yeah. of the, the things that you take from being a serving Royal Marine that kind of really helps you as a, as a professional sportsman. I mean, you've got, you've got eyes on, on the winter Olympics, you know, we've got 2022 in Beijing, you know, there's that conceivably you can make that if all things align and, you know, um, and you've got Milan in 2026. So, I mean, these are, I mean, to be an Olympian, what, what I mean, what would that mean to you to, to be an Olympian, um, whatever sport, but, but for you personally, what would that mean? Um, it's, I mean, it's definitely not something that's just a tick in a box, is it? It's, you know, you've got to put a lot of time and effort into, you know, to become an Olympian. And yeah. I've been quite lucky. So I've had two coaches now who have got both got bronze medals. Um, John Jackson, who's a yeah. current serving Royal Marine down at Hasler Company. Um, and then also Sean Olsen, who's a paratrooper, who helped me coach coaching last year uh, on my Europa Cup stuff. Yeah. Um, so I've been, I've been lucky to have two Olympians sort of feed information to me. Um, and then other other guys, Lee Johnson as well. He's another Olympian. He's done, I think, he's done competed in two two or three Olympics, and he's been to five. You know, so and he's another Royal Marine. So yeah. um, I mean, just like I don't know, it's a, it's a massive self accomplishment, isn't it? Getting to an Olympic Games and uh, competing. Yeah. And not many people can say they've done it. I mean, I only know sort of a handful of people, and I'm sort of in a sport at the moment where you can. Yeah, yeah, and um, unless people are watching this on YouTube, what they won't see is that you, you've got some good ink there on your arms, your tattoos. But having yeah. those, having the Olympic rings, uh, that's a pretty yeah. tattoo to have, isn't it? You know. It, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. So, like, you know, you, you'll have seen them um, in your time with uh, working with Commando Commando Logistic Regiment. You know, the, the lads have commando daggers and that. You know, the, the Olympic Games, Olympic rings are no different from that, really. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Um, but, a bit of show of force, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a show of force, and and I guess it's um, it's it's a pretty uh, select small group, isn't it? And and I think, yeah, that, that, very that, small. That that reads across really well to especially commando forces and, and things like that. But we'll, we'll park that for a second. Come on to it. Let's. I mean, you, you clearly were cut out for bobsleigh with the powerlifting past you know, the record holding everything else like this, the explosive speed and sprint of rugby and, and things like that. And, and clearly you've had to make some hard sporting choices because you want to be in prime health. So playing rugby is not necessarily conducive to yeah, yeah. being at your tip form. Tell us about, you know, what, what was it like first time? Well, you know, you, you've got these people badgering you in the gym, go and have a go and you, you get introduced to it. Yeah. But talk us through what that first run must have been like when you were actually on ice. We're not talking artificial track stuff and whatever like that. But yeah, yeah. first run on so, ice. So, my first run, I was a, I was a, so my first two weeks of bobsleigh into my first year, uh, I was a brakeman. So, you, when you get you, when you've hit the sleigh, you run with it, and the driver's got in. You then get in a few steps after him, and you you sort of hunker down, hold on to the uh, the chassis of the sled, yeah. and your head's sort of between your knees, yeah. and the g force that's generated is. I think it's higher than an F1 car. It's a lot of G-force. Wow. And your head, basically, because you're bent in half, yeah. your head like goes, pretty much touches your toes. It's been forced um, down, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's been forced down into the floor. Yeah. Um, and some of the big pressure corners, like the Chrysler, which is, which is the big loop, that creates the biggest sort of pressures. Um, you get out of the bottom and you feel like you've been in a washing machine. Wow. It's, yeah, it's, it's mental. And, 
a car, like if you ever crash, it's like being in a car crash as well. Um, it's pretty, uh, like it was, like I said earlier, it's like a man maker sport, really. Yeah. Pretty, pretty brutal on the body, and uh, yeah, it does. You've got, you have really got to look after yourself when you're bobsledding because your body just tightens up, and like you feel like you haven't done fizz, but when you wake up in the morning and your body yeah. tells you you have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, so you've got to keep your mobility and stretching. Yeah, so you've got to be in prime health there. So let's kind of, for the if we can, for the the benefit of the listener, that sort of we're going. You're going down the run there. You're so two man Bob. So uh, yeah. your driver, which means you're responsible for the the steering, and you get into what do you call it? Do you call it a a, a car? A, a, what do you, what's the technical term for? Or it's just a bob, isn't it? It's just the you just jump sled. Sled. The sled. The sled. So you, you're yeah. first in the sled. I'm sure. Um, you've got you've got your brake man behind you who is mm-hmm. really giving it the last you know full beans and then jumps in yep. and then it's really yep. down to you know you uh, there's a lot of responsibility on you there um, and, yeah massively and, yeah. And, and developing the awareness and the inputs I mean that that's that kind of strikes me as like you know like, like being a helicopter pilot whatever you really got to that that sort of sensory in input and feedback is really important. How do you develop that side of, of the the role? Uh, truthfully, you just cuff it. Because <laughs> when you push, honestly, because when you push, I mean, you can do as many track walks as you want yeah. uh, and visualizations of the track, but as soon as that sled's been pushed off the start line, yeah, you're getting to the bottom, whether it's on four runners or it's upside down. Well, that's so, inevitable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you can't stop it. Yeah, it's gravity. I mean, it's, it's illegal to pull the brake on the uh, on the on the track unless you're on the finish straight. And I mean, I I don't even know what or I wouldn't even like to begin to think what would happen if you pulled the brake while you were going down. Not that yeah. you probably could were able to. Um, but yeah, you just I don't know. I think my first run as a driver, I had never I'd never sort of prepared myself before because I was like. I was quite nervous doing it because it is a big taunting, taunting task to try and get a sled that you've never even driven before. Yeah. The first time you've got to get it down to the bottom, wheels up. Um, yeah, I mean, if I if I sort of thought about driving a bobsleigh like I did uh, with my exams at school, I probably had A stars. So a lot of it is is practice and feeling it and trial and error. So. What are some of the biggest errors yeah. that you've inputted that have led? I mean, have you had a big wipeout? You're here to tell the story, but I'm guessing you've yeah. had some pretty close calls, haven't you? I have no, I haven't had any big crashes. I've, I've had three crashes, which have literally just been, I've just not called the corner uh, correctly, either going in or going out, and I've just yeah. sort of rolled off. And they've been nice crashes, really. Um, but I have been there where people have been hospitalised badly. Yeah. Um, so... Last year, the first race we went to, you, you obviously it's a week long is each race, um, which is comprises of a couple of training runs a day, and then the last day is the race day. Uh, the first runoff, uh, one of the guys went down on his team on the second to last corner. He come off it. It's a real brutal track, is the um, sort of the last four corners in Winterberg. And if you get the last, if you get the second to last corner wrong, you 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 are going off it and you're landing on top, which he did. Yeah, um, he landed upside down, really badly crunched both guys, and one guy, um, one guy punched his lung, um, but didn't realise until sort of two minutes afterwards, after yeah. he picked the sled up and took it out of the track, 
uh, and then it started obviously going down. And then the other the driver was like really badly bruised. His his body went into shock. Uh, he was in hospital for a few days, and the other lad was in ICU in Germany. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it, it can really it can really go wrong. Yeah. Uh, so you have to you, you do have to really sort of apply yourself. Going on, it's not just a, a case of getting in and doing this. You know, you no. do have to you, no. you do have to apply yourself. No, no, and I, I don't yeah. suppose otherwise everyone would do it. Well, there is that, yeah, and and I don't think for a moment either myself or any of our listeners think it's it's a simple task at all. Um, but it is one of the most exciting sports to to watch, and it's determined by fractions of fractions of seconds potentially, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is the yeah. difference. So, what 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 do you think? So, we're we're talking elite level sport. We're talking mm-hmm. that all the the teams, by and large, you know, the the full of fit. Um, you know, at the peak of their sort of fitness individuals. But what makes the difference then? I mean, who, who would you consider are... What, you know, in, t- in terms of... In well, terms between, of who... In, in terms what? of, you know, coming first or coming, you know, you know struggling to, to so, make... You know. So money is obviously the big one because yeah. if a country has money, they can then pay their athletes, which then produces good athletes wanting to come into the system right so the best the best teams in the world hands down are the germans right. i think they have something like eight million a quid a year uh they get all the best athletes coming in they've got like proper sprinters like in the in the best nick of the life they've got all the coaching stuff behind them they get paid which is the big thing uh and then sort of the kit is the big one you know you can be you can be the best driver in the world like like Brad Hall, who's the GB1, he's one of the best drivers in the world, one of the best pushers in the world. Yeah. But if your kit isn't good, yeah. you ain't driving fast. Yeah. You know, which is what sadly what happened to them at the uh, 2018 Olympics. Off the back of that, he's got his own funding now through sponsorship, and he's bought himself world class sleds, and it's showing now. You know, he's not only yeah, not only is he doing you know top three starts, he came second in one of the World Cup races. You know, whereas before he was sort of probably tenth. You know, so we've got we have got the athletes and we've got the drivers. We just need the kit and the, you know the help basically. Yeah, you know, of course. We, 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 you know, we can Great Britain can be a force to be reckoned with massively. We we can be up there definitely. Yeah, yeah. So 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 on that then because um, I, I don't really understand how these things work, but I guess you have to have had a certain placing to qualify for lottery funding or whatever. And I think. Yeah, in 2018, they didn't quite yeah, yeah. make so, that. Hence, they have to be privately funded. Yeah, so so tw- yeah, 2018. So they had funding up to 2018. That was the last year. Uh, and Sports Lottery um, said, you need to come fifth in the Olympic Games and we'll carry on your funding. They came 17th and 18th because of the, literally because of the kit. You know, and, they, and I know the guys that were in those sleds and they're incredible athletes and yeah. incredible drivers as well. Yeah. You know, and it, it just goes to show what the kit, if you haven't got the right kit, you know, you might as well just not turn up, basically, which is a sad thing. But yeah, that that's what happened. And then they just had to they just had to beg, borrow, and steal, and and sort of get their own funding. Which they've been very the senior teams have been very lucky because they've got the Olympic background. Yes. And and you know that they've been they've found their sponsors quite quick. Um. And then there's little old me in the development team who's sort of going, "We please help me." <laughs> Yeah, well, so, that's, I mean, hopefully, I'll be one of those guys soon. Well, you're one of those guys. It's part of, you know, if it wasn't challenging enough, it's just another exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and that's the way you have to view it. So, 
I mean, a, a lot of it, yeah, you, you could sat, sit here, be sorry for yourself and think, well, if we had the best kit and stuff like this, but you can only yeah. control... What's the point? You, yeah. yeah, what's the point? I mean, you, yeah. you can only control what you can control. So I know that you're, you're busy just trying to raise sponsorships. Yeah. So anyone listening to this podcast, you know, we'll talk about how they can get in touch with you later on if, if they feel connected and, and want to have yeah. a conversation with you about that. But there is this thing about only controlling what is within your control. And and it's, make- funny, it's funny you should say that because uh, John Jackson, one of his favorite lines he says to me is you can actually only control what you control. So, you know, the Germans have got the best kit, so they don't have to worry about that. They've got one of the best start times, you know, and they just all they have to do is drive. I have to push as fast as I can and I've got to drive perfectly to catch them up, yeah. you know, because if you've got a fast sled, you're going to be fast. Yeah. Like, fact. You know, if you haven't got a fast sled, you've got to be perfect everywhere. And you will be fast, but you've got to be perfect. Yeah. And no one's perfect, yeah. you know. So, no, uh, I, it's, I, yeah, it's a classic line, that. I like that, yeah. Well, it, it is, but it's so true, isn't it? And, you know, it's I... It's true in anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's the thing that, you know, keeps you grounded and it keeps you, okay, well, what, what next? What, what do I do? Because there was no point sort yeah. of moaning about it. So since we're kind of moving into that sort of mindset uh, area Let, let's talk about your you know your, your day job royal marine commando mm-hmm. um, sergeant tell us about i mean you've been to afghanistan i think was it 2010 you deployed was that correct? yeah yeah 2010 yeah yeah so, 40 commando charlie company so what did you what, what do you bring across from your your you know you're a marine commando what, what do you bring across that helps you become you know the bobslayer that you want to be what would you say that really does help because you notice the people you talk about you you've mentioned you know royal marines have got a good presence in in the sort of uh, the bobslayer yeah. scene. you talk about paratroopers as well so we're, we're talking about those yeah, yeah. military forces that have something different what what do you think it is that reads across so well from either marines or the paras i think um We've been a military man. I mean, there's, I think there's six or seven of us with Paris Marines, and then one of the drivers is in the, uh, is in the guards. Um, I think, I mean, any military man or woman who comes into elite sport, they just have that mindset already. You know, if you, you know, do the best you can be. You know, don't. You know, you're going to struggle at some point. Just dig deep. Yeah. You know, and obviously, I could, I could. Uh, reel off the core values but you know i think that's of the raw marines but i think that's just part of my daily life now um but yeah i think times will just get hard with regards with whatever you do you just got to keep going you know uh with that being in the gym being trying to get money together how home life whatever you know funding um nutrition anything you know you just got to keep going and it's we don't we don't really get upset when t- things go wrong we just deal with it don't we yeah and and it's interesting i think that's a distinction that the military brings is that the people around you won't allow you to wallow in self-pity they won't allow you to either give no. up or take the easy off you you're held to account by the tribe aren't you you're held to account yeah by absolutely i mean i mean it- in the military, if you're at war and you just give up, that could potentially be your life or someone else's life. Yeah, it's not an option. Yeah, so you don't want that on you. Yeah, yeah. You know? I think that's where the mindset, that's that's it full stop, isn't it? So, yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's the ultimate manifestation of that, and and it's mm. how that brings through. You talk, you used a phrase there. You just kind of dig deep, and so you know, this is the give yourself the chat podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What what does that mean mean for you, and 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 how do you go about doing it? Because you know, like I say it's not all plain sailing, and I know we can just basically easily say let's dig deep, but let's let's explore that a little bit for you about how you get yourself in the right mental headspace when when actually you're, you're either under pressure be it competitive pressure or just the pressure of fundraising or whatever it means how do you kind of manage all that adam um well i mean i've been in the course since i was 17 years old so i don't really know any different now yeah but i mean a classic example was today i went into the gym did my did my program and i was lifting sort of 30 kilograms less than what i would usually lift but it was having that mindset of going well, at least I'm still here. At least I've actually got my ass out of, out of the front door and gone into the gym. Yeah. You know, you, you have days where you just want to give up, but what's the point? And I mean, it doesn't have to be the gym. It could be going for, going for a run. It could be doing something extra at work or making that meal that you keep saying you're going to do or whatever. It, just get it done. And once you've got it done, or once, you, once you've done it, actually, your brain says it's actually not that bad. What, what was I even thinking here? Yeah. Like, you know, and I've, I've had days where I've just gone, I am not going to go and train today because it is just not for me. And then I've, I've either not done it and done done that session as well as my other session the next day because I never miss a session. If I, if I miss a session because I'm not very well or I'm injured or something, I will always I will never just leave that session behind. It will get up. pushed. Yeah, it will get pushed right. Yeah. Um, but I mean... Classic example the other day was, like I said earlier, just just make yourself get in there. And when, when you get in there, it's not that bad. It's like jumping in the sea. Oh, it's going to be too cold. Just get in. Yeah. You know? Oh, actually, it's not that cold. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, the, but, uh, the thinking or the, the, the thought process of how bad it's going to be is actually nine times out of ten far worse than it ever actually Absolutely. Is. Psychology just rules everything these days, doesn't the, it? Well. It has, it has forever, yeah. I mean, actually doing the job is not that bad. It's, it's making this make you do it, you know, yeah, yeah. which is the battle sometimes. So, so how much is psychology? I mean, do you have psychologists involved with the development team? Has it found its way? Uh, no, no, because there's no funding. <laughs> well, yeah. That's <laughs> but, the um, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure if there was, uh, then, the, yeah, of course there would be. Uh, but because the coaches are there, they've, you know, the, a bobsleigh coach isn't just a random uh, strength conditioning coach. They've been involved in bobsleigh, so they know the mindset that you need to do. The ice coaches were drivers, so yeah. they know what you're thinking and vice versa. Um, so, I mean, psychology-wise, it's just, I think when you go to the track, you've just got to get into that mindset of, you're right, you're at the track now, you need to learn the track get it in the right headspace, let the let the brakemen do their job, set the sled up, don't worry about that. You just focus on driving because you can push the sled as fast as you bloody want. Yeah. If you don't get it down, what's the point? Yeah. You know, so you, like as, as a driver, like as soon as I get to the track, my, I always make sure the brakeman knows exactly what he's doing, you know, what nuts and bolts he needs to put on the sled, what runners he needs to put on. And I just, as soon as I'm there, I just walk away. He knows exactly, he knows what his job is. I'd have to worry about him. Yeah. Um, and then I just can just focus on driving. Um, and the, the biggest, the, the biggest psychology, psychology bit for a bobsleigh or a pilot is the driving bit. 
you know, because that is that's where you're going to get your your, your fast time really yeah. uh, getting down. Um, and to begin with, when I when I first started driving or a new track, um, it is a bit daunting. But you know, I think again, it's from the military, isn't it? You just do it, don't you? <laughs> Um, yeah. Just don't, just don't let it phase you. That's the yeah. biggest the biggest thing, isn't it? it? It is, but that is so much easier said than done. And I think for us military folk, having lived a life of it, and if you've extreme if you've experienced the extremes or operations or wartime, anything compared with that is like, well, what are you, what are you worrying about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for the average person on the street, it's like that's not quite as easy to to, to access, but. I think your message is very loud and clear is that you get better by doing, you just pitch yourself into it and whether trial and error, whatever, but just. I suppose another way, another way of thinking of it, you know, for a civil civilian, I'll give you an analogy. Uh, We're in lockdown now. Loads of people are furloughed only on 8% of the wage. Yeah. Having to cut corners. People just need to realize and remember you're not alone. There is loads of other people you know, in the same situation as you. It's the same when I go on command courses and to become sergeant, corporal, yeah. or even when the first week I was in training or yeah. training in general. You're not alone. You're not everyone, alone. No. Everyone else is doing the same as you. Yeah. So you've just got to remember that. And that, that sort of ticks all the boxes in your head, really. I think that's, that's the big one for some people is just realising you aren't alone. Yeah. You know, it's not the end of the world. Your legs are not going to fall off. Yeah. Um, but but equally, whatever you're facing, be it a project or task, you're not alone. Somebody's gone before you as well. And thousands will go after you as well. Yeah. And 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 so you talk about the mentors and everything you've had, those people that have been in Olympic Games that are involved in the squad. That kind of experience is um, is so valuable. I tell you, it's something that really surprised me, Adam, when we were chatting previously, when I asked you about, you know, so you've got the driver and you've got the brake man. In my head, I had it that, you know, you two will be really sort of tight, like brothers. Yeah. And, you know, you, you've been together for years, but that's not necessarily the case. You, you've no, had- not always. No. So, so team members float around, float, around, um, float around teams. My first two races for GB, I had my first guy with me, Taylor, who's now with the GB first team. Uh, and then my last one from the season last year, I had a paratrooper lad with me. So... They, they they do swap around. Um, yeah. Taylor will probably stay with the GB first team this year, um, but once Bath University opens again and it, they let all the new athletes turn up and we do trials, I might well find myself with two or three new blokes yeah. I've never even met before, you know. And then we bring a build a team ethos around that, uh, get to know each other as well as we can, like in any sort of sport team uh, or in the military in a troop or a section, um, and we just go from there. Do what we do, basically. Does it make a difference though when you've got continuity between you and you've been, you know, done X amount of tens, hundreds of runs together? Does can that make the difference between? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, team cohesion is a massive thing, isn't it? I mean, if you've got that one, that one bloke or girl um, who's an idiot, it can make a team fall apart. It can though, well, you know, especially they, at a high level. Yeah, but in the actual sled as well. Do you kind of get a physical sense of of, of how you're driving it together? Because you know he's not just a passenger. There's the the weight transfer and everything. I'm guessing. You know, correct me if I'm. I'm um, 
brakeman. Does it make mm, that much of a difference? No, nah, not really. I mean, the, the only difference you're going to make is if a, a, a brakeman's faster than the other or lighter than the other. Okay. Um, and if your brakeman's lighter than one, then you've got to put a little bit more weight in to gotcha. get the gravity. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So naturally, you'll go slower. Or if if that smaller guy is a proper athlete, you know, yeah. he, may, he could well may push the sled as fast as the big guy. Yeah. 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 yeah no, I don't, I don't think they make much difference once they're in. Okay, okay, that's interesting. You, you mentioned Bath University. Is, is that where the development team would normally be working at? No, so, that, so, so Bath Uni is where the British and bobsleigh, bobsleigh um, uh, sort of team is with the skeleton guy, guys as well. Yeah. Um, we've got our own like, bespoke made push track there, uh, all the facilities, the, all the offices are there, um, and that's where you do trials and off-season pushing and fitness really yeah. uh, the elite guys have got um, they're all accommodated there um, so which is really good for them um, and then I'll just go down as much as I can basically because I've got no accommodation down there at the moment um, but COVID's really sort of put a spanner in the works for it all to be honest I mean it's just opened back up for elite athletes now yeah, so yeah. I'll be going back down there in a few weeks' time, hopefully. Yeah, you can definitely. It's uh, um, it's, it's, a, it's another thing we have in common is that and not bobsleigh, but Bath University is where my eighteen-year-old daughter has applied to go to, and uh, oh, nice. we we went there for they had the university open days, and, and I took her down there, and I just fell in love with the sporting complex there as a triathlon, it's great, isn't it? the fifty-meter pool, and all that. Uh, I thought I need I I want to come to Bath University. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, the STV. Yeah. Great, isn't it? Oh, no, yeah. no wonder they've got you know, Olympians coming out of there. It's oh, it's an amazing. awesome facility. Yeah, yeah. The role of honor of all the Olympians that have been through there, up yeah. on the, you know the flags and pennants and everything. Yeah, yeah. Institution, but you, but, to, but let's go back to the point. To to be able to be at the best and to challenge the Germans or whoever, it takes investment. It takes uh, you know centers of excellence like Bath University. So yeah. let, let's kind of bring it back to you, Adam. You, you're, you're looking for sponsorship. You're looking to raise money, and, and you will do it. And, and no doubt you will. Yeah. But you know, if if people were wanted to kind of get in touch with you and, and have a discussion with you about this, how how could they help you if if you know, listening to this they feel inspired to do so? I mean, it was like how me and you introduced, uh, got in touch with each other. So I'm on LinkedIn under Adam Bird. Uh, I've also got my Facebook and my Instagram. Uh, which is again is Adam Baird or Bairdy One Thousand. Um, so yeah, that, I mean that's the way you can get in touch with me, and then I'll send you my sponsorship pack. My sponsorship pack is actually on the LinkedIn page, uh, with it being that sort of like a business or orientated thing. Um, but if you get in touch with me on my Instagram or my Facebook, I'll just send the pack to you basically, and uh, it's quite a good pack really. So the guy who made that, um, I used to work with him in the core, and he left the core. Um, and really actually had quite a bad time you know he was jobless for a little bit was on the dole uh, and then he he came up with his own company called Employable which essentially give you work give military people work experience in a job yeah. they may think they might like yeah. uh, and that and it's hit off he's, he's done really well and he got in touch with me and said look I want to help you out here this is what I've started doing and we had a Zoom call yeah. and uh, he made me the sponsorship pack and I couldn't believe it he must have put hours into it um, but yeah, so he's he's put all like the different packages together for me, and yeah, I'm really happy with it. And I've had loads of people comment and giving me sort of feedback on it, so which is really nice. Great. Uh, so hope, hopefully that's that starts the ball rolling. To be honest. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, because without that support, you know, you, you're going to make, I know you're going to make it, but it, it becomes so much easier if you've got people there. And, you know, the benefits of not only, you know, helping somebody reach their Olympic goals, but also, you know, supporting people who are serving in the military. I think it's a really attractive uh, proposition for, for those that might be corporate sponsors, whatever. So um, I'll do my bit to spread the word. That's for sure, Adam. But it's Thank um, you very much. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. And this has been this has been fascinating. I mean, I have to say, you know, listening back to this, I think, gosh, he takes everything in his stride. It's like, well, you just get on and do it. But I, I know there's <laughs> the, there's so much more in that. But but I think if we boil it down to the essence of you know whatever goal or project or you're involved in, just picture yourself. Get in the game. Get in there and do it. You know, you, you say, get in that cold water because standing there thinking about how cold it is. Is yeah, not going yeah, yeah. not, not to work, is it? You... Absolutely, yeah. You just got to get, get that mindset right. I mean, one of my best friends, he's um, he unfortunately got diagnosed with terminal cancer. Gosh. And he's just gone, well, what's the point of being miserable? Yeah. I'm going to do everything I want to do, and I'm going to be happy about it. You know, I might have a, a terminal cancer, but why be miserable? And he's he's having a great time. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have day. He doesn't have bad days at all now. He's he does what he wants. You know, he's living the dream. That's the well, mindset. Well, it's mindset, and it's also just appreciating how precious life is. Absolutely, and, yeah. And and back to you know that he can only control what he can control. Um, exactly. And then he, exactly. he puts his energy into into that. Adam, it's been an absolute delight having you on. Um, I, I will be tracking your progress. May even bump <laughs> into you at the Bath University one of these days as well. And, Absolutely, yeah. And, and, I, and I wish you well with your sponsorship. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You have to love Adam's approach to life and just acceptance that all he can do is all he can do, i.e. You know, control the controllables. And, and whilst that might sound like a bit of a cliche because we hear so many people talking about that, it's a fundamental truth. And, and if he's going to get himself to the Olympics, and, and I, I really do believe he will, then there's a lot of obstacles in the way, and, and quite rightly so, because to make it as an Olympian is uh, an achievement in itself, and the route to Olympic glory is always paved with bumps in the road and obstacles to overcome, and if anyone can overcome them, I'm sure um, <clears throat> Adam can. So if you are able to perhaps have a conversation with Adam about corporate sponsorship and, and helping him raise the money to get the equipment that they need, to capitalize on the clear talent that they have in the squad, then please do get in touch with him. In the meantime, though, the conversation is happening over on LinkedIn as usual. Please uh, join in the, the chat, uh, suggest which guests you might like to see uh, on the podcast and indeed any subjects you'd like me to explore. But for the time being, look after yourself and we'll see you on the next one. Mm -hmm.